The Club and Resort Talks podcast is brought to you by Barilla. Barilla believes their primary responsibility is to satisfy consumers. The company's attention to taste, quality, and nutrition is absolute and always motivated by the desire to create joyful and convivial food experiences. Hey, this is Joanna DeTellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. Welcome back to the Club and Resort Talks podcast. On hand is Mike Lamping, executive chef of the Dallas Athletic Club. Chef Lamping came to DAC about 90 days ago, which means he launched his job search at a fairly inconvenient time in history. Even so, the process taught him a lot about himself and what he wants to achieve both professionally and personally. He has big plans for himself and for the future of the club's culinary program. So first, hi, it's nice to meet you. I don't think we've ever formally met, have we? We have not, but yes, it's a pleasure. I'm, I've been uh, on LinkedIn a little more than, I guess, two years and really, I mean, it helped me get my latest position, but uh, following you has been has been great. Um, nice. And I'm not just saying that. It is, uh, it's good to see that, you know, there's people out there in the club industry that support it that and the, the fastest that you do. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the executive chef at the Dallas Athletic Club. How long have you been there? I've been there just a little over 90 days. Before Dallas, I was in Kansas City for a little over seven years at a, a private gated community and country club, Lake Povera Country Club. Uh, and before that, I'm originally from St. Louis. I worked at uh, the Racket Club of St. Louis and Bell Reef Country Club during my apprenticeship in culinary school. Uh, so I've been in the club industry for just about 20 years. Had the opportunity to just to see about every everything that the club industry can throw at you. Um, you know, especially now with the pandemic. <laughs> uh, pandemic is that's an asterisk. That's that's something we were <laughs> none of us were prepared for, but I they'll they'll. I hate to say that there'll be some good coming out of it, but there will be. Um, and I think it, it's really going to help us rethink how we're, what we do in the, in the kitchen. And as we, uh, you know, help with our, you know, growing our staffs and uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot to, a lot of benefit once, once we get past all this. Now you're, you've only been at Dallas athletic club for 90 days, you said. So in the middle of all this, you were searching for a job, but you told me earlier that you've been looking for a couple of years. So can you kind of give us some of the backstory there about the the job hunt and how you ended up moving in the middle of, of all that's happening in the world right now? Well, about two years ago, I started my process of looking for a new position. Um, you know, just like in almost everybody's career, you know, it, it's, you want to grow and you want a challenging, rewarding uh, jobs. Uh, and, you know, in Kansas City, it, it was great. Um, but I plateaued, I felt like. So I started the process. I, I have a few um, friends in the industry um, that helped me get my resume and cover letters, you know, developed. And then I started working with uh, search firms. Uh, David Meyer, Coughlin and Keebler, and I really started looking at their, um, any of their postings that they would submit if it was a general manager or a, the COF, the grounds superintendent. Uh, it didn't matter what the position was, but I read them uh, just to get a better feel as I was learning the process, just to really get in there and find out what clubs are looking for, their sizes, their 
uh, you could tell a lot about uh, the the bio of the club and what you're going into from looking at these other other postings. And I tried. I mean, again, we can all be a little cocky. And my first time I submitted, I thought I was I was it. Um, but you know, having that phone call, it was a uh, you know, thank you, but we decided to go in another way. That that hurt a little bit, um, but I grew from it. Um, I. I told the gentleman who was helping me through that uh, whole process that it was such an amazing experience, even though I didn't get the job, because uh, that's something we never really prepare ourselves for. Um, you know, I it, interviewing and developing cover letters and portfolios isn't something you work on in the day to day of a of a cook. Um, so I I kept at it. I kept talking to these uh, individuals. I kept submitting. Um, and this one was a little different. Um, so yeah, like I said, it took me about two years for this past summer. I came across DAC on uh, LinkedIn and a past GM of mine, um, whom I became quick friends with in a short amount of time also sent me the, the you know, the, the portfolio of the club and Dallas wasn't really on my, my radar. Uh, Texas was not on my radar. Uh, and I quickly uh, got my things together, jammed out a cover letter, and in just days of, of uh, submitting my my information, I had a phone call with the general manager and the clubhouse manager. And a week and a half later, they flew me out. And as the GM was dropping me off the airport, they they offered me the, the position, um, which was pretty quick. They they knew a lot about me before I even got there, and um, and they were they were happy with what what I had to say and what I presented. So um, I took a month off of work, first time I've ever done that in, in life, and uh, we moved down to Dallas in the middle of a pandemic. What about the Dallas Athletic Club attracted you? Why you said you weren't super interested in Texas even, but this job just kind of came together so perfectly. What about this particular property really seemed like it was a good fit? As a young cook, I worked at a at a, a large platinum club in St. Louis. You know, a club that kind of followed those, you know, those requirements is what I was looking at. You know, it the the membership is uh, very engaging and and you know proud of where their members at. Uh, and you can really see that in the facilities and in the golf course. Um, so that was kind of one of my my uh, things was it needed to be either at the moving towards the top or wanting to to get some recognition there. Um, I was looking for something large. Um, you know, I worked at a few clubs that were 600 or less members, and I really wanted a challenge of, of something that was, you know, so like, you know, a little bigger than that. How big is DAC? Uh, we, we have about uh, 1,200 members right now. Just a little shy. Uh, it's like 4.5. Um, everything is full. We're on, on our per, first waiting list that they've had in quite some time. Uh, so I I wanted a, a nice challenge there. The other things, you know, were uh, somewhere that was uh, very staff positive. Somebody that, that really appreciates their staff. And I've, I've taken some time over the past couple of years to really 
understand that we all need a nice work to life balance. Uh, the days of working 14, 16 hours a day in the kitchen, those, those need to go away. Um, and that was one thing I, I mentioned in my interview. And that's one thing the the GM and the clubhouse manager really respected was I'm, I'm thinking about that. And I'm, I'm fairly young, uh, 40 years old. And, uh, you know, it, it was, they liked hearing that, that I won't be, you know, killing myself in the kitchen day in and day out. I like projects. I mean, we'll, we'll redo our entire kitchen in about two to three years. Uh, hopefully is the plan. Um, so that that's exciting. What was DAC looking for in a new chef? They were looking for somebody who was strives to be a mentor. Um, they know that that's important more now than ever in, in club kitchens. Um, the gentleman that I'm, I'm following up after there is, was there for a little over 30 years um, and has done a tremendous job there. I mean, to stay in one place for 30 years, you have to commend that, that individual. You had posted some really beautiful pictures on LinkedIn from your New Year's Eve event and mentioned in that post that you have big plans, that you're just getting started, I think is what the way you framed it. So tell us exactly. a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what your plans are for 2021. What what are your goals? What are your aspirations? We actually are in the process of a major dining room renovation. Um, and I thought this might have, when it was explained to me, I thought it was just unique to Dallas Athletic Club. But down here in Dallas, a lot of these clubs have a daily lunch buffet. Um, and it is exactly what I said. Um, you know, and, and we have this large, you know, banquet with hot and cold wells. And then we also have this, um, we have a, a decent size uh, show kitchen in the, in the main dining room that has gas in the hood. And, um, you know, we, we use it as much as we can. We do what, it, what we can out there. We don't try to push it because it is what it is. But one thing I, I said, and this is one thing that they were, they knew they wanted to change there. They just didn't know what. And uh, I said, we need to completely take this idea and let's make us the Joneses. Uh, we want other clubs looking at us like, holy cow, look what they did to their lunch buffet concept. Um, so we're, uh, we're, we're starting here pretty soon with demolition and we're going to, um, it's going to be one large show action chef station uh with I'm, I'm taking fast casual of fresco dining and compacting it in one little spot uh we're doing uh hot and cold wells that uh you know on on the pantry side of things where we could have you know you can make nice conceptual salads and every all the heating will, uh cooking will all be uh induction so we can keep it different every day uh, we can set up any way we'd like uh, but we're you know we'll <clears throat> and using sous vide and, and some other practices there we'll we'll be able to give somebody a nice conceptual salad with a nice freshly seared duck breast carved to order on a plate and in, in you know two to three minutes um, and then uh, that goes into a we're, we're putting in a nice hard pizza oven uh, so it'll be 
pizza is never going away. Uh, that is one trend that we, uh, you know, we agree on that, that that's here forever. So uh, we're buying a nice hard pizza oven uh, and run our, our, you know, personal pizza services out, you know, fresco dining that way. We will, um, I'm putting in a grill that has a little, it's gas, but it can be supplemented with wood. And uh, we're going to do nice, fresh grilled proteins and, and vegetables to order. We'll be doing a, um, I put in a, several wok burners uh, so we can do, you know, protein bowls, ramen, uh, almanute soups. Uh, you know, it's, uh, soup is a big deal at the club. Uh, they enjoy it a lot and uh, they they have no problem paying for it. You know, we don't, I don't have to give it away with, with part of an entree. Um, so anything I can do there to, you know, recreate New England clam chowder in, in just a couple of minutes made right in front of them is the, is the goal there. Um, and then the evenings we're going to flip it over and that's where all of our, that's going to be our app station. Uh, there'll be a little fryer. So any app, on the menu or for that evening we'll all come out of that that station uh the goal is to keep it put enough equipment in there to keep it relevant um you know currently if you look at the buffet it is what it is you can't make any adjustments you can't change any heights equipment on it uh this is designed to in it's still relevant now and it'll be relevant hopefully in, in 20 years, um, you know, just so we can continue to evolve and keep up with, with the expectations of our membership. Uh, we're putting in a ton of technology so we can actually, uh, one of the toughest things if you're not set up for it is cooking classes. Uh, it's really hard to make that happen in, you know, in front of a group of people at a club. Yeah, you have a kitchen. Yeah, you have pots and pans. But doing it out in the dining room does not work very well. Uh, so this will give us an opportunity to host cooking classes and doing them well because uh, we'll have the proper technology and uh, installed in there right off the bat. And so, it, you know, we'll be able to improve on, on some of those things the membership wants. Uh, kids cooking classes, kids getting involved. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be something to see, and it is uh, pretty pretty cool to walk right into this and be a part of it. Is the staff excited about the opportunity to kind of come out from behind the scenes and interact with the members face to face? Uh, they, yes, they, they're pretty, they don't know what to expect uh, quite yet. Uh, we haven't, I can't, I haven't quite revealed all the, all the plans to them just cause I, once we get the project moving, then, then they're really going to get involved. Um, but yeah, they ask questions every day because they know it's coming. Uh, and I am going to, I think once it, well, once it's finished, I'm going to have to really think about who's going out there because they all want to go out there. Uh, <laughs> they all want to go there, uh, which, which is a good thing because when I was a young cook, the last thing I wanted to do was go carve on a buffet. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, that's why I'm in the kitchen, <clears throat> but no, it's, they're, they're pretty excited. Uh, they've, they've seen the little things I've done so far and they only know that it's going to, uh, we're going to get, we can get pretty crazy here pretty quick with what we can, uh, accomplish as a, as a team. So, 
yeah, they're they're super excited. They they're they're looking forward to it. You mentioned earlier that you do think there will be some benefits, some good things that come out of this pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit about what you think might might stick around? What what were the silver linings? I think one of the the biggest one is going to be cleanliness and sanitation. Um, I know we all do it, uh, but I think this has really uh, put a a focus on that. And uh, we're going to all, even without the health departments coming in and changing codes and all that, I, I really think that we're going to work in a much cleaner environment. We're going to think about those things. And it's not just I think it's going to go a little beyond than uh, what we already do. Um, you know, I think as far as like when it comes, when we, it's going to start more in the receiving end, um, you know, of things uh, instead of, uh, you know, I think uh, wash stations will, will be prevalent in, as, in, at the receiving area. I think it's going to eventually change to as you get product in, it's immediately washed. And, and dried and, and properly put up. Uh, the days of using boxes, I know this is uh, already a movement, but the days of holding product in boxes is, is, is going out the door. Um, and the, the keeping things and more of a sanitizing things more regularly. In the back of the kitchen, we clean, you know, you scrub with hot soapy water, you sanitize it and you're done. But the front of the house is where the sanitation is going to come more. You're going to find cleaner facilities. Uh, you're going to find, you know, the even the front of the house is looking at it more than, than they ever have. I think we're going to see, um, I think it's going to be a benefit for, for staff members. I think we're going to find that we'll see uh, wellness checkups more often. I think we're going to see... You're, you're going to see, you know, places, especially, I think that at least the club I'm working at, we're going to really focus on our employees more, uh, making sure that they're, they're in a good place and they're financially taken care of and uh, we'll host a little more team building exercises and together more. Um, I, I really, and, and just really making sure that everybody's in the good mindset there. Um, think a few other things that might be sticking oh to go service um that is never going away now um and i think we're going to find that we have to be a little more creative in our in our to-go menus um making sure that uh it does travel well more than than ever uh packaging is going to be uh it's already on people's radars but I know I've changed my to-go package and I mean, I've been here 90 days and I've gone through three different style of boxes already. Um, just because I, you, you want to keep it a little different and fresh and uh, you want your food hot and presentable and it doesn't always work in your, your basic clamshell. Um, so it's, it's uh, we're, I'm looking more into uh, getting creative in, in that packaging and in branding. Um, you know, I think the, if clubs aren't already branding, I think you're going to see a lot more of that as, as time progresses. Um, and, you know, it's, I think we're going to 
Another thing that I'm looking at forward to is this has given us an opportunity to uh, focus on what we do daily and what do we purchase as what do we do in-house. Uh, so I think, I think we're on the bend of eventually things are going to start gradually opening up more, but I think the, the membership will still, the, the large group gathering is probably still gone for, for quite some time. Uh, so in this downtime, um, you know, what can we do in-house? You know, what, what can we do in-house that, that is the quality and the, you know, the, the, the final uh, product is at least equal or better to what we're purchasing. Um, I mean, Heinz ketchup, they do a great job already in making ketchup. I won't, I won't touch that, but uh, you know, like uh, charcuterie and doing our own hams, you know, buying a whole hog. Um, and I know that that's already on the front there, but I think you'll see a lot of places that aren't doing it, starting to do it more because they do have the, the you know, what we're, our production days are, are going to be slightly changed. Um, so I know that at least those are some of the things I plan on doing, um, build on in-house productions and, and really just try to push the envelope on what we can, we can do as a, as a club kitchen. What would you say the most important lesson learned from 2020 was? Uh, be fluid, go with the flow. Um, I think uh, 2020 showed us that, you know, we, there, there's some, no one saw this, these challenges coming. And um, we, I really feel that, um, us as club chefs, we, we all have done a phenomenal job on adapting and adapting quickly. Um, you know, we're, we're generally, uh, and chefs in general, we like it our way. Um, and we, we really didn't have that option, you know, for the past 10 months, we had to conform to the, uh, state and local restrictions. Uh, we had to think about safety of our staff and patrons coming in. Uh, so yeah, it, um, I was already adaptable before, but now it, 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 it's even changed. more now, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so, um, that, that's definitely, uh, one thing that I, I've learned. Um, and again, I think, uh, it, it, it taught us, um, you know, we, I think it talks, you know, a little bit about each and every one of us that we're all together in this. Um, and it's nice to see that, uh, you know, the, the staffs, they, they, they work together. They, they respect one another, they respect one another's space. You know, they, they really listen. Um, and really we're, we're a part of the solution as well in keeping everybody safe. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com. 